Today's episode is brought to you by AOS Kitchens, the South's leading outdoor kitchen design and installation specialists. Welcome to another episode of the Meet and Greet Barbecue podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, please do give us a like and subscribe. And if you're listening through your favorite podcasting app, please do leave us a review um, as well. It really helps people hear us and know all about us. So in this episode, we are talking to Tara and Neil from Charlie Oven all about their fantastic barbecues. This is a British company championing top quality uh, cooks, and that's all what their barbecue is about. So without much further ado, here's Tara and Neil. So thank you for coming on, Tara and Neil. How are you both? You okay? Great. So do you want to kind of tell, tell us who you are and, and um, more importantly about Charlie Oven, which we're here to talk about today? Brilliant. Okay. Um, well, I'm Tara and this is my sidekick, Neil. Um, also my Glamorous husband. Assistant. Uh, husband <laughs> of many, many, many moons. Um, and um, we started Charlie Oven. We officially launched at Meetopia in 2021. September. Um, September. And it was like, we weren't still, we were like just kind of um, testing the market to see if we had something that everyone else would like as much as we did. And the journey started quite a long time ago. And it's a bit of an odd journey in that I was on the hunt for the perfect sourdough um way of cooking a bit baking sourdough and I'd heard about these amazing ovens that are used in professional kitchens and then I was googling I was trying to buy something and when I saw them I was like oh my god that's just really ugly um you know um, it looks fine in back of house but to have it in your garden which is would I obviously have to live in it wasn't for me so I then said like could I change it could I do this could I do that and um anyway uh forward a couple of years and um in my my other job my job before I started this um speaking to the uh manufacturers that I was using to build a factory for me they I said you know can you make an oven and um the answer was yeah and uh, and Charlie was born and Charlie the name comes from charcoal not my sister Charlotte Charlie. and if she's watching this charcoal. I really apologize she said no Tara it's because of me, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more sophisticated yeah. than Charlie and Charcoal. So Charlotte, it's not about you. So um, <laughs> the name came from um, uh, just, you know, Charlie as in wanting it to be sort of female and male and just, just giving it a personality. And um, the first thing I thought was, you know, this came from the fact that having um, uh, seen these other ones, I just wanted it to look absolutely gorgeous. And the turmeric one, so the yellow one, is like the inspiration for the entire range. Um, so we have a whole bunch of different colours and Charlie was born. So Charlie is quite a simple um, device in many ways, but what is brilliant about it is it's so incredibly easy to use. Um, there are other, you know, there's, there's a, a raft of different products out there in the market and some of them are easier to use than others and some are more labour intensive and prone to um, hiccups. Um, what I will have to say, and um, uh, what I love about this product is it's just so easy to use and the results are outstanding. Do you then do you then focus your attention around the Charlie oven for a beginner barbecuer as, as it is easy to use or, or are you 
kind of whole market, you know, even the very experienced barbecue enthusiasts that may have other brands that are perhaps more involved in tending the fires and those types of things will also, you know. It's it's honestly for everybody because it's inspired by the charcoal ovens that have been used in professional kitchens for years. So, you know, top chefs, that's the secret of a lot of that fantastic food they cook, you know, with that thing, you know, kissed by smoke and fire and that sort of stuff. How the hell do you get that flavour? Well, they get it with a front opening charcoal oven. So, yeah, this, this is one that works in that way that you can have in your own garden at home. So it, it's inspired, as I say, by a professional piece of kit. Now, you know, it so happens that it's also incredibly easy to use for anybody who wants to use it. I think there's a thing as well that if you're not an experienced barbecuist, um, it's more familiar than a barbecue because it's sort of, it's like an oven. Mm -hmm. I mean, the actual appearance of it with a door that opens with racks, it's um, a heat source. It's more like what you would find in a domestic kitchen from that perspective. Yeah, um, but it's a charcoal oven, so it's sort of it, you know it's every, everything from soup to nuts. It's everything from the beginner to the professional. And I think the nice thing about it is that because it's really big, because it's really versatile, because it's got a huge temperature range, all of those sorts of things. Because you can cook with it outdoors all year round. Um, what it means is that. Um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought totally now. Well, um, Tara was waving her hand at me. <laughs> <laughs> at and I'm like, come back in, come back in. So I think what you're saying is that um, it's it's very easy to use, and it depends on how sort of um, uh, advanced you want to get. You can get whatever results you want. So the guys behind Metopia, um, I met the godfather of Metopia, um, a chap called Richard Turner, and um, he was the executive chef. I don't know if he still is of the Hawksmoor Restaurant Group. Um, he's got many um, strings to his bow and he used one. Um, he did a pop-up event and um, they they requested one. And I said to him, I set the gauntlet. He said, yeah, they look really good. He says, but do they cook as well? You know, and, and he he's familiar with, um, there's an iconic brand. And, um, and these were the ones when I was talking about, it didn't look particularly attractive, but, you know, it wouldn't suit sort of my back garden anyhow but a brand called Jasper. And these are like sort of fast and furious kind of um, charcoal grills. And they've been going since 1969 and before I was born, thank God. And uh, (laughs) uh, so um, uh, Richard used one. uh, And then I I made the brave decision of asking for his contact details because somebody else, one of his people had gone in touch. And um, and I said, can I just get some feedback? And um, we actually put the feedback on the website because he said, he couldn't get over how easy it was to achieve different um, results. And he was saying the fact that we have so many levels, so it's quite, Mm -hmm. the cavity is really big. So you can do direct or indirect. And with a lot of these things, you know, people just crank them up and then they kind of, especially with the the Jaspers, and, you know, to buy one, I don't even know if they make one as as tall as ours, but because you can do sort of indirect by kind of going further away, he had so much more control over the cooking process. Um, and Neil touched on a, on, on a point which I think is really, really important. You know, there are so many different grills out there and the majority of them open like so. So what happens when you you take away the top of something and there's got a lot of heat that it rises? And with, with Charlie, it's, it bounces off the top and sort of it stays within the cavity. Um, 
So, you know, it, it's just easier to control the temperature and all that smoke. And the one thing about Metopia was, you know, you see all these people working on open flame and yes, it's sexy and gorgeous and, and all the rest of it, but you're coughing by the end of it. You come home and everything <laughs> on you is covered in smoke. And that's all right some of the time, but, you know, all that that um, flavour is from the smoke. And, you know, Neil is quite geeky and um, has written a couple of blogs all about sort of, you know, you've got your five flavours and then you have, it's not a flavour, but it's an aroma, which you get from cooking with charcoal that really elevates um, food to a different level. You know, we've got some teenage kids, sort of early teens, and a piece of broccoli that's steamed and then tossed in lovely butter only goes so far. As soon as you stick it in the charlie, before they know it, they've eaten the whole thing and you've just tossed it in some olive oil and salt and pepper and bang, it's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, we were obviously very lucky to meet you both at Sizzle mm -hmm. Fest uh, and, and try some, uh, I think it was, you did a, was it a pork loin or a pork leg? It was a huge joint yeah. that you did that was just so succulent. It had a, you know, a, a fantastic, um, uh, you know, uh, crackling. That's the word I was looking yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, crackling. But also, if, if I remember correctly, you were actually doing some tender stem at the same time yeah. and also making some bread. Weren't you some little uh, rolls? Yeah. 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 So I suppose, again, that's showing the versatility that you're, you're cooking a huge piece of meat as well as doing something delicate like tender stems that only need very much a char for a few minutes and all within the same space at the same time, which is, again, shows quite versatile. There, there, there are nine different levels on the rack and it's got uh, two and a half times the cubic capacity of a, a regular oven. So you can cook a whole meal in there, put the different bits at different heights. Um, obviously, you can cook at different temperatures. You can set it anything from about just below 100 degrees celsius and you can crank it right up to about 400 degrees yeah you can also cool end. smoke so you know you can you can snake. plan your meal very very easily to do lots of stuff in lots of places at lots of temperatures in lots of ways yeah it's it's really easy for no, me it would be put putting the meat at the top all the vegetables at the bottom so all the all the juice is just tricked down oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what sounds better than that Fabulous. Uh, and we often do that with a leg of lamb and on top of the roasties. Uh, it's just divine. Yeah. I did a little blog post um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, about uh, why cooking vegetables with charcoal makes them taste like bacon. Yes, we, I we saw just that. had a look. Yeah, yeah we just had no, a look. It's, it's only a sort of scientific thing. Tara, Tara mentioned the lignin earlier, but it's the um, the compounds that come out of uh, lignin, which is in a, in a good charcoal. Um, Others work on the same flavour receptors in your mouth and therefore in your brain as things like bacon. Yeah. Um, it just, and, it just and makes everything taste And it also better. shares a lot of the uh, um, the science of flavouring with things like uh, whiskey and vanilla and stuff like that. So there's quite a lot of complexity of taste. And you, your, your brain is fooled into thinking that there's something meaty and therefore yeah. delicious and satisfying about a piece of broccoli, where of course there's not. But it's, <laughs> that's the wonder of science. But, you know, I think it's really nice as well. You know, we talked a bit about, you know, is this for um, people that are really into barbecuing and have like some serious skills in that department? What I love about cooking on uh, Charlie is you're so close to the flame. OK, mm -hmm. especially if you do things like steaks. Um, we had some mates over quite recently and they weren't huge. They weren't really thick. So we didn't have to shut the door. So we just literally sear them on one side, sear them on the other side, literally two minutes. 
and then took them out and then they were just pink in the middle but the you know the theater of just doing that in front of your mates and mm -hmm. you know doing things like dirty leaks or celeriac and and stuff like that it's so much fun it's mm -hmm. not just a case of oh it tastes great and yes it does you know without a question of a doubt but you know with all the different levels you can you can chuck the whole lot in at the same time you know as you as you were saying about you know put the meat up and do your potatoes or do your veg down below and um, so much that you can achieve with one of our ovens now one thing mm. I would say is I wasn't so keen on how it looked on the inside on the outside um when I was looking at sort of developing the oven um in terms of charcoal ones that are used in restaurants but the inside I've kept really sort of industrial mm -hmm. and um yeah. great the, the 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 racks that come out um they weigh over five kilos each you know, they're wow. a solid stainless steel. When we when we went into this, you know, it was important that it looked really good, but also that it, it was built to last because this is a serious piece of kit. They they weigh roughly about 200 kilos. Wow. And, um, you know, we thought they were a bit lighter than that until we um, had to get <laughs> a bit more serious. Well. You know, we had to do some tests for shipping and we were like, oh, my God, that's how much they weigh. And, um uh, yeah, so, and we're going to keep that because, you know, they're built that you do not have to buy another, you mm -hmm. know, this should be it for your kind of future of, um, uh, kind of cooking outside and, um, and also cooking for a crowd so that it's, it's easy. It's not a case that you have to kind of hang on. I've just done this bit. Now I'm going to go and do another bit. Or the other thing I often see on social media is where someone has like, three or four different devices, but there's three of the same, but different sizes. I don't, you know, ones that usually open up like so. Um, and I'm like going, oh, why have they got three? You know, uh, you'd never need three of ours. And that's kind of mm -hmm. one of the things that, um, yeah. Unless you're a collector, of course, yeah. then you just want the different yeah. colors. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you just have to have more. More mm -hmm. is That's, that's more. it, but yeah. buy more Charlie oven, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's the thing I just wanted to, to mention which you touched upon very, very briefly earlier, is I, I think we shouldn't kind of talk, we should talk about the colour. Yeah, the colour. that's what drew me when we were at the uh, Sizzle Fest, because Owen and I were walking and talking, we've been there for a long time, and all of a sudden you turn your head and the shock of colour just draws you in, yeah. and then you're hit by the smells and everything. Plus, you guys were handing out not only food, but also booze. And it was a beautiful combination. <laughs> but the colours are gorgeous. Only, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you get a Charlie oven, Tara Neal will come round with two bottles of booze and <laughs> you'll have a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the colours are gorgeous. What made you decide on those specific colours? They're bold, aren't they? Oh, well, our, one of our partners in the business is uh, an art director. Mm -hmm. So colours is, is, is stock in trade, colour is his life. Um, so we tried to choose things which would, um, oh, I tell you, the, the whole sort of science of colour, I'm talking about science again, aren't I? the whole science of colour thing is really, really interesting about uh, different moods it evokes and so on and so forth. Um, what we tried to do was to get a range of stuff which would fit all gardens, all occasions, all moods, all inspired by foodstuffs in 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 some shape or form um and they range from things which are really quite vibrant and bright so you know the ones which are uh, the, the the paprika one which is a sort of dark well it's a red. paprika color it's yeah. a dark red yeah, yeah. you know turmeric which is a, a really vivid sort of mustardy yellow to 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 things like porcini which is a dark anthracite gray 
Um, what's the name of the really truffle. light truffle? Truffle. It's, yeah. it's, it's sort of off white, grey, sort of almost Nordic. So there are some that are really relaxing, some that are really vibrant. Or we've beetroot. Got, we've beetroot. got beetroot, which is a sort of sophisticated yeah. purple. Purple, believe yeah. it or not, yeah. beetroot. And um, oregano, which is a, 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 a lovely darkish green which sort of blends into the background yeah so you can have something relaxing you can have something that sort of fits in an urban garden you can have something that's a real sort of standout wow splash of color so across the range we've we've now got nine because we just yeah we, we were forced uh, to bring an all black uh, one an all black one and actually richard turner i blame for this because he said tari you have to have black i said black is black's not even a color and um <laughs> we called it black peppercorn and then i was okay with it yeah. so and then you know we put out on social media everyone's going yeah so you know for me it's all about the color keep it bright keep it proud i like things that are bold and vibrant and you know um if you're doing up your garden as well it's kind of a nice thing to have a splash of color you know especially all year round so um yeah each we've got something for everybody i suppose it's almost like a feature wall isn't yeah, it if you're exactly. going to decorate your your room you would have you know most people have a feature wall now yeah I suppose yeah. it's, it's no different from your garden, right? Yeah, it, we were also like inspired by brands like Yeti, you know, the beautiful yeah. water coolers, uh, not water coolers, uh, food coolers and um, drinks things. It just, you know, you just want one. And um, for me, colour is just so important. Like, you know, we don't have a lot going on in our lives, especially right now, more so than before. But, uh, you know, just keep it, kind of keep it colourful, you know, add some sunshine um, on a... On a cloudy day. Exactly. And if you don't want to colour one at all, we're um, oh, yeah. we're just doing a test of an all stainless steel one. Mm, so okay. So this is exclusive yeah. news for us, is it? Yes, yeah. it is. It is. Ah, yeah. yes. It doesn't even exist yet. It's being made at the No, moment. it does. It does exist. It's just still well, in the factory. We're well, going we to see it next it. week. Yeah. We're going to see it next week. Right. Yes, we are making an all stainless steel one. And again, this is kind of fitting into the whole thing about... Um, uh, outdoor kitchen so if somebody has a couple of steel things in that sort of mix as well um you know it's going to be fully stainless steel it's going to be at a different price point as well so we have to sort of figure it out because stainless steel because just with um the market at the moment you know everything's gone kind of crazy and um steel and stuff has kind of done the same thing so uh yeah we are developing some covers which are um based on um they're beautiful so it's a bit like the oven itself, I didn't want to cover it up in a black shroud. I wanted mm -hmm. it to be loud and proud. And um, we are working with another English company um, where we're making it out of marine canvas with some beautiful webbing. And it's just, it's a thing of beauty. So if it's covered up, you'll kind of go, what's underneath there? Or you might be able to tell by the logo or something like that, but it'll be very sort of design led. And yeah. um, and it's funny because everyone who's bought one has gone, when's the cover coming out? When's the cover coming out? Um, and I think just people just want the, the bits and bobs that go with it as well. But yes, it's yes. going to be beautiful. It will be nice. Can't wait to it see. Nice. I think it's a thing to celebrate, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, you're a British barbecue yeah. company. And, you know, I think as much as we're all fans of some of the big names and, you know, I've got a fair number of barbecues in my garden, they yeah. are all... German or American or, or but it, it, it's so nice to to actually learn more about a British made local bar barbecue company. Yeah I mean it, it means we've got real control over the quality, mm -hmm. it means we've got real control over distribution and shipping and all that sort of stuff you know we don't have to wait nine months to 
um, get one to your house. We can, you know, we, we, we've got real control over that. Um, yeah. And the other thing is as well that there is, you know, however important you think there is, there is quite a strong sustainability angle to it because we're not shipping massively heavy things all over the world. Um, we're, you know, the, 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 the barbecue miles are lower, if you like. Um, <laughs> and and the, the sustainability thing is quite important, to be honest, because um, the, the other aspect of this is compared to an open grill, you use about 45% less charcoal. So even with a sort of modest load of charcoal like this, the thing will stay hot, hot enough to cook for five or six hours. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to keep topping it up. If you have a really big load of charcoal, you can keep it going for, for hours and hours and hours and hours, but it's incredibly efficient. So, you know, from a sustainability perspective, the use of charcoal is a lot, lot less yeah. than it is with some other grills. Do you and think even, so, Sorry. so do you even think with, you know, obviously typically very long cooks, you know, huge pieces of brisket, those types of things, you know, so I've got a Weber Smoky Mountain um, and it's it's good really really enjoying i cook on it a lot but i do go through a fair amount of charcoal in right. comparison to say a broil king that i've also got which uses yeah. slightly less yeah but from from what i read on your website when you're saying that actually just a modest handful yeah yeah it, it's really not that much charcoal is it I love like developing your own barbecue means that you must have had so much time experimenting with cooking on it and learning how it does and playing with all the different oh, yeah. flavors. Um, so with that in mind, what are your favorite kind of flavor combinations, particularly with the wood and how you're pairing it? Well, I think the things, the things that, for me, the things that are most interesting are the things that you'd least expect. Mm -hmm. Um you know, you'd expect a barbecue, a charcoal barbecue, to do meat fantastically well. Um, but for for me, things like bread, <laughs> things like vegetables, things like pizzas, fantastic for pizzas. Yeah. Because yeah, you get it so hot, woof, it comes in, and it's got that extra je ne sais quoi that you get from a charcoal barbecue. Things like focaccia bread, all those sorts of things. I, th I, did, an I did an apple crumble in it the other night. Yeah. Which is brilliant. And a paella. And a paella. Yeah, yeah. yeah we paella. did that. Yeah, paella. See, yeah. Uh, we, did, we did that the other night as well. So things like that where you wouldn't necessarily expect to cook it in a barbecue, <laughs> it gives it that elevation of flavour, that little subtle smokiness, which just takes it into a different league. And so that for me, those are things. I, I It was quite interesting. I was talking to a bloke um, uh, a couple of weeks ago who was one of our early customers, and I had a lovely chat with him, and I was just – you know, asking him uh, how he's getting on with it and, you know, what, what he likes about it, you know, what, what he thought we could improve and so on and so forth. And I said, well, what, what were your favourite things that you cooked out of? He said, believe it or not, he said, the two things that I cook, the cook that I was most just amazed by because they were so much better than normal were roast potatoes and gravy. Gravy. Yeah. Yeah. He was following a Genevieve Taylor recipe. That's right. His roast, roast potatoes and his gravy. Well, like no roast potatoes or gravy you'd ever had before. Yeah. Um, but so, can, I, can I just yeah, interject? Because uh, a couple of things for me that, um, and there were things I never really cooked before, but ribs. Mm -hmm. OMG. And actually, when I met you guys, I had the sauce that I now have like the recipe on the website um, for this bourbon barbecue sauce. And it's one of those things that I don't, I try not to do it too often because when I do, I eat every last 
<laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, and sometimes I do them slowly, sometimes I can't wait and I just crank it up. And either way, they just taste amazing. And I love that kind of just tearing them apart and just gnawing on the bones. There is something about like I'm not with chicken, I can't, I can't really cope with it, but with, you know, especially barbecue ribs, it's just amazing. Um, the other thing we did, uh, was it last week or the week before, we, um, or I, um, did pork belly and I did it with um, uh, uh, five spice, kind of um, low and slow, did them for hours. I couldn't even cut it because it was that sort of, sort of, so it was just melting as I was trying to do it and doing that in bow buns. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell, tell you the other thing that um, we've done a couple of times on it, which has worked out brilliantly, is muscles. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Get, it, get it really hot. A um, little bit of wood in there as well to get a bit of smoke. Um, bowl of mussels with some white wine and some garlic, and then it just infuses it all yeah. with the, the, the charcoal flavour. Just fantastic. In about, literally about two minutes. Yeah. And I would say one Great. of the first things we did um when we first got it and actually we totally nutly um did what i'm sure a lot of people do which is I we filled the cavity up with charcoal the thing was literally <laughs> <laughs> if it was a steam engine it could kind of take it to um cornwall it was literally <laughs> so to the to the hilt and we did some really gigantic prawns oh, and yeah, yeah, fish and um, we did mussels that night as well. But it felt like we were in the Mediterranean. I mean, it was mm -hmm. like, I never thought I could do this at home, you know? And it was like, oh my God, you know, we, we did, we've spent a lot of time. We've had a few nightmares as well. I'm not going to pretend it's all been plain sailing. But we've learned. We've learned. That's, that that leads us into one of our favourite parts of the show, I think, quite nicely there, Tara, <laughs> is, is our, our barbecue fail um section where obviously oh, right. yeah yeah I know, I know. yeah you know we, <laughs> yeah. we all we all learn from our from our fails and you know we we always want to hear from our guests about some of the things that didn't go so well so you've kind of already oh, yeah. brought us on to that so uh, tell us about your fails oh we, we we've had I, two I, monumental ones quite frankly was there would you remember when i fitted that new thermometer because we were experimenting with the new thermometer mm -hmm. we had various and I, I, and I fitted one which we subsequently haven't used but the food <laughs> went into the oven, and therefore it was reading about 100 degrees Celsius less than the actual. Oh wow! And I cooked. It was it was a piece of beef or something like that, wasn't it? It was something quite nice and something quite expensive, and it came out and it was sort of like that. Know, like, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was in the middle of the but summer. I can't be. It's only 120 degrees. So, you know, <laughs> well, I remember. This. I vaguely remember this because remember we, we. It was a really hot day, and I mean, it was very very hot. And I'd made these amazing margaritas. And um, I was kind of well on my way to happy land. And <laughs> Leo, Leo, I'm pretty sure that it's coming. No, Tara, it's not cooked. It's not cooked. And when it came out, <laughs> and it had this goju on sort of kind of Korean barbecue paste on the outside. So the, the paste, and actually then I just kind of um, put some mint leaves and some other things. So I made it look pretty, but you literally couldn't eat it. Yeah. Well, luckily, there was a sober person in the house, and maybe him, and uh, and that was it. And the other thing that has taken us a while to um, get our head around, and um, we've had more than one epic fail, is brisket. Oh yeah. Well, we learned, and we yes. learned this yes, quite yes, late yes. in the day after considerable expense. Um, is a lot of it comes down to the. Um, we were buying the wrong type of brisket. Right. Okay. We were buying one without uh, any real sort of marbling 
yeah. through 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 the meat. So yeah, we've made some so quite a few chilies. It was quite on... interesting. We talked to some well, uh, some chefs after our experience to say, Bad yeah, hats, really, think, yeah, yeah, the, the and and and, the and Vincent as well, yeah, yeah. Me. and um, uh, you know, saying what what is the secret? Well, yeah, and of course the thing start with the right cut of meat, and um, then having done some more research into it turns out that that's absolutely vital because even if you're incredibly fastidious about how you prepare it uh, yeah. wrapping it unwrapping yeah. it resting it how long you cook it for the internal temperature getting past the stall all these oh, sorts of things even if you're incredibly fastidious about that mm. if you start off with a meat with a piece of meat without enough fat in it it's never going to work even if it's grass-fed it's kind of you know cost you a fortune <laughs> that doesn't guarantee results we've learned the hard way yeah. but apparently there's a cheat and we have yet to try this which is um, feather blade steak, meat of beef instead, um, gives you a much better uh, consistent result. But once you've done it, we've not tried that. Worked out, yeah. worked out. You know, when it has worked out, when we we've used the right cut, it's just been amazing. Hasn't yeah. it? With you know, and I what I don't like to do is smother it in different flavors. Not everyone's to their own, but I just like to keep it uh, keep it simple because the beef itself is just amazing. But on the fails we've had, like they still tasted great, but they just. It just didn't give you that sort of buttery soft. We had like the inspiration was one of the chefs we saw. One of them ended up making a fantastic chili, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> one of the um, one of the chefs we saw at Meetopia, like, and that's one one amazing place to go and sort of see different people do, do um, show show the, the the beauty of cooking with fire. But um, the brioche bun was tougher than the brisket and I always remember that wow. and that yeah, was right. like you know that was my kind of you know that was what I was aiming for the so standard. the gold standard so we have gone through a great deal and you know for me I love doing stuff like that but for me it's about the everyday it's doing things like a big lug pork, pork, pork I can't say porchetta you know sort of like pork belly wrapped up and you know it's it's about I haven't killed myself doing this but look what I've just served up to you, you know? <laughs> That's me. I like you know, maximum results with minimum effort. And, you know, and it's things like, you know, I like making, especially in the summertime, nice salads and stuff, like with, uh, you know, grilled vegetables. Like that would used to take me forever to do. Whereas because the um, the grills with the Charlie, they are 40 centimetres wide and, and half a metre long. So you think you lay some aubergines and things like that on, on that or um, courgettes. It's done in next to no time. And then you've got this huge kind of vat, vat of, of food that you can then kind of turn into various different things. And for me, it, it, it's just about kind of um, minimum effort, maximum results. And things like um, for desserts, doing stone fruit. Oh, in the yeah, summer. stone I mean, fruit oh. is brilliant. And apricots, plums, oh, lovely. peaches, just yeah. fantastic. You know, uh, lovely smoky taste with a bit of. What was that? Um, we what, what, how do we do it? Mascarpone, we mascarpone and, cream um, maple, with, with maple, maple syrup. syrup mixed into it with that. Just drizzled on Because you top. get the sort of slight bitter sweetness of this uh of the stone fruit, and then the real creamy sweetness of the mascarpone with yeah. with maple syrup. That is a combination made in heaven, I tell you. The other great thing you can do as well is when you if you kind of if you cold smoke or even hot smoke, but um cold smoking, um, because um and we've actually changed this since you saw the oven in September, is we've increased the the height of the rack. So the rack start at the very top of the oven. And what you can do is hang butchers um um Hook. hooks off it and then just kind of 
I actually need to take a picture the next time I do this. I did it before Christmas and it was dark and I didn't take the photos, but of like a side of salmon just hanging down. Yeah, nice. You know, I mean, there's just so much you can do. If you've been looking or thinking about an outdoor kitchen, then look no further than AOS Outdoor Kitchens. They are the South's leading outdoor kitchen design and installation specialists. Their extensive showroom is based just outside Bournemouth on the Dorset Hampshire border and as well as numerous in-store displays also features a live outdoor kitchen where they cook every week on Kamado grills, pizza ovens and all filmed and shown on YouTube. They offer a wealth of knowledge on how to transform your patio into the most incredible outdoor dining area with styles and options to suit every budget and you can guarantee they will be able to create something perfectly suited to you and your home. They stock and supply everything that you're going to need for outdoor cooking, including barbecues, Kamado ovens, pizza ovens, outdoor fridges, and every accessory that you would need to become the ultimate outdoor chef. So if you want to make yourself the envy of your friends and neighbours, get in touch with them today to arrange a consultation and take the first step in transforming your back garden into the most incredible entertainment space. Visit aoskitchens.co.uk. Have you done much cold smoking? It's personally something I've I've never really done. Not a great deal. We like we did we did the salmon before Christmas, and um, it's on it's on my list of 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 things that I really want to try now. Um, and just I you know I was quite inspired by a lot of the, the people that were posting before Christmas. Genevieve um, Taylor did some really interesting stuff where she's she's converted um, a cupboard. Like a literally a, a bedside locker or something, and she uses that. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. You trouble if you went in for your socks when you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, to be honest, we we you know we haven't been going that long. We've really focused on trying to do the basics because this is not just about kind of. Uh, I want to do some more, but I don't. Um, that wasn't that wasn't my starting point. But now I'm kind of getting a bit more confidence so it's a bit like you were saying is this for the 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 um the beginner or not this is for everybody this is for anybody who wants to eat outside or wants to cook outside and just have more flavor at home because you know we're we're eating a lot more at home and even you know a lot of these restaurants and stuff are doing takeaway not, not like kind of chef boxes where you can make it all at home yourself you know the steaks we've made i mean seriously um I've never made steak like that before in my life. Not before we 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 um, we started with Charlie. But you know, I, I just love it for everyday stuff as well. Really, mm. like you can chuck your lasagna in there if you want. You know, it's 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 as simple as that. You know, um, I wouldn't do it just for that, but I would probably do a few other things on on the side as well. Yeah. So, where where can we see Charlie Charlie Oven this year? What what's what's twenty two bringing for you guys? Apart from the accessories and the the, the the new exclusive stainless steel you mentioned, um, so we will in t- in terms of places that will will be in Metopia again. That's um, not till September, though. That's not till September. We've got a few other things uh, in the pipeline, sort of sort of major, you know, garden and um, outdoor shows coming up, barbecue shows. Yeah. We so we forth. haven't we haven't um, finalised our plans. But n- yet. None of it's finalised. It's we all actually... it's all sort of still. In the tick, 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 tick list. Um, in terms of product development, we'll have a few nice accessories. Um, nice. And one of the things that we, we've got planned is a line extension, um, which is, you know, which, which will be like a Charlie, but slightly different. I won't give any more away. Yeah, you're, you're terrible. He tells everyone yeah. everything. 
you know, you know, that top secret. Top secret. It's so, so it's right. you, we, we'll keep it a secret. It's not being recorded. It's fine. We've got an interesting line extension. Um, and we're, we're going to do, we're going to do the smoke and fire festival as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, we, yes. We might do sort of some of the gardening ones like um, Hampton Court. Hampton Court. Um, we missed the Chelsea flower show. Um, it's already, you can't even get in. Um, we went into the recce on all of these things uh, this year. So, I don't really know. So, um, and we're speaking to a couple of different sort of barbecue specialist places. So, um, yeah, we 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 will see. Um, we, you know, we we also we are planning, um, hopefully, to do some uh, events as well this year. Okay, like we're going to host. So, just trying, you know, um, uh, trying different foods and stuff. So, um, but again, that is sort of. Still in the development phase, um, but um, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing some uh, events and we might actually do a couple of barbecue classes either online or, you know, get people to a set location. And, um, you know, a lot of the people that bought one have like starting to ask us more questions about how can they get a bit more ambitious and try different things. And um, yeah, we're going to answer that. You, do you know what? I... Uh, one thing I would love to see from yourselves, yeah. because um, my wife got me a new pair of barbecue gloves for Christmas, and I absolutely love them. But she was saying, there's not really that much choice in how barbecue gloves look. And I oh. bet a Charlie oh. pair of barbecue gloves. Okay, okay, that's I, I think that's a really good idea, because I I've, we, well, I use welding gloves. Yeah. Well, obviously, because they're rugged and manly, like me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not the I, I use marigolds. Attractive <laughs> <laughs> things in the world. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, actually, I, I yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good idea. I like your thinking. Yeah, and I think we can get behind and, it. And also, it'd be great to have something that performed at really, really, really high temperatures. Because yeah. even using welding gloves, when you're taking something out of the oven, you know, let's say you've got um, a, a baking tray with something in it where it's three hundred. Or you want to move the racks. Three, three, or you want to move the racks to three hundred and fifty degrees. Yeah. Even with welding gloves, you know. You're pushing your luck, holding it for more than a few seconds. Yeah. Well, I think to have something which had the aesthetics and the performance to live up to what the oven can do, I think yeah. is a great idea. Thank more you. than welcome. I'll only take 85% of the cut. It's very good. What did you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do me. Fine. <laughs> do you know what? It's, it's, Sorry. Yeah, no, go on. Oh, I was going to say, talking about experimenting and fails and things, because the layout of a Charlie, I suppose it would negate some of the problems that people have. Like, for example, um, I always share barbecue fails because that, that's part of what we do with this part. But um, doing kebabs. So I, I was doing some kebabs, um, got the minced beef, made the mix and everything, put them on the skewers, put them on uh, my monolith and got the weights and everything wrong. And the meat just fell off. <laughs> so I had to then remake some more sort it out it was fine but because of the layout of the charlie and how it works those sort of things aren't going to be as much as a problem well because well, of the layers yeah because of the different because well, the different layers and the racks and things yeah, yeah exactly. and you've got much more space to play with as well rather than just dangling them it's over not sort of it's not like going through a letterbox or anything like yeah it's, it's actually so easy because yeah you know it, it's a sort of it is a barbecue but it is also an oven so it's 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 the difference between cooking on a hob where you're always sort of prodding and, and poking and flipping and all that sort of stuff um, in your kitchen, you know, and cooking in an oven where you put something in there. Yeah. 
and it cooks the way you want it because it's the temperature and uh, that you want and the heat's coming from all around and then you just take it out. So you get a lot of the stuff that you do from a barbecue in terms of flavor mm-hmm. and more, but it, it, it's the sort of the, the, the hands-off stuff that you get in an oven. You know, you put it in, it cooks it, Hmm. You take it out. Did you, did you leave it uncovered? Uh, the the kebabs in the fridge uncovered for like nope. no. See, because what I, I would say one of the problems there um, is that it was too wet and the mm-hmm. mixture fell off. So you know that would be part of of it. So if you see how they do it in um, in those kebab shops, they they leave it and they rest it. And actually, it's best to rest uncovered. It's a bit like making a porchetta. A por- I can't say it, porchetta, porchetta. And uh, you very know, exotic, did I? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, uh, <laughs> so if you salt it and you kind of, it draws out the moisture a bit. So if you leave stuff like that in the fridge for a while, it just dries out. And it sort of it kind of helps when you're when you're when you're doing it. If you just try and shape it and then bang, you know, even if you did it in on your grill at home in in the kitchen, it just wouldn't work. That and I put at least twice the amount of meat that I should have put on there. I, I, <laughs> hindsight's a wonderful. It's all coming thing. out now. It's all coming out. <laughs> Brilliant. Actually, one of the questions I meant to ask earlier when you were kind of describing the the Charlie oven, um, do you recommend? cooking with the door open at any point i think you mentioned you were talking about cooking steaks yeah and you were talking about how obviously um other barbecues you open up the lid and obviously the heat loss where you don't necessarily get that because it's front opening but would you cook with the door open or do you always suggest that actually it should be closed it should be closed. And that's the best way to cook it it should be it should be closed the the, the only time you have it um open is if you were dabbling with something that cooked so quickly, yeah. you know, yeah. that closing it would be almost pointless. Yeah. So sure. something like a really thin steak, you know, a minute steak or something like that, that you were cooking right down near the charcoal. I mean, it's literally... Yeah. yeah. And there's no point sort of... Yeah. yeah. The and it also depends but, on how well you want to cook it, but yeah, you know, we like but, meat um, pink. Yeah, it, it, it works best with the door closed. Yeah. Um, because you still, you, get, you still get the big draw of air through it yeah there's always ample oxygen if you want to keep it really hot so there's no need to have the door open uh, and closing the door also encapsulates all the lovely stuff that yeah. you get from the charcoal and the other um, thing which is really nice and um uh, and at christmas did this with lobster um is when you um if you cook especially seafood as well because it takes on so, so much flavor so quickly mm. is if you close the top vent um you know like let's say you're cooking something you, you close the door you flip them or whatever close the top vent for like the last three to five minutes the amount of smoke and intense kind of flavor you get it's just a flavor bomb i mean honestly i yeah. can't describe it any other way um uh and that that's one nice thing to do and also it cooks it from the inside you like it's just you get What's you? What's you? You're you're better at the science with the radiant heat and the yeah. Um, I mean, it, cook, it cooks it all round. All yeah, round. Yeah. And it side. keeps the moisture in as well. But I, you know, first because things you're getting that, a, yeah. intense heat from every side. Yeah, it keeps all the moisture inside it, so yeah. it's get very succulent. So if those steaks we were doing the other night were um, uh, thicker, then what I would do is sear the outside move them up to a top shelf and then just close the door for a bit, you know, in between or whatever. Just and just yeah, make sure that you're getting, that. Um, you know, it's cooking right through uh, to the level you want. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, it's and obviously just, a, a meat probe is... 
Yeah, meat preps are brilliant. And it's actually, with that door like that, it works really well because um, the little thin wire won't impinge on the closing yeah, of the door. Yeah, it also works. So, you know, you can just are, dunk, um, magnet it to the side. Bluetooth Or well. Bluetooth ones, yeah. And you can just have it there the whole time. It doesn't. Yeah. Because yeah. one what thing I, I think um, nowadays, we're eating, well, certainly we are, eating less uh, quantity when it comes to meat. But what we're eating is pretty damn good stuff, yeah? So if you care about, you know, where it comes from, things like that. And for me, what you can do with the Charlie is you really honour those ingredients. So if you buy a beautiful piece of steak, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to thrash it, do you? You want to, you want to, you want to be able to enjoy every last mouthful. So it's just about kind of doing it in a way that um, really kind of takes care of it. And be it, you put it low and slow, you put a probe in or, you know, you, you manage it in whichever way, you know, works for you. So it's either, you know, you can either go off piste sort of, you know, um, and not use those devices or add them in and then just kind of, you know, manage it, get it to that kind of perfection point for you. And um, we do a bit of both. Well, I think we're talking a lot about ingredients and, and things that we like to cook. So one of the things uh, you know, we, we like to do is our barbecue bingo challenge, uh, where we'd like to set you a uh, yeah a, a cooking challenge, and we'd love for you to cook it on the Charlie, uh, yeah. then post it on Instagram or, or social media, tag yeah. us in, use the hashtag barbecue bingo, and and show everyone what you've what you've cooked. So, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share my screen, and obviously everyone on YouTube <laughs> okay. that's going to watch this, they can they can see. Um, so we've just got a selection of ingredients. And I'm just going to spin the wheel. Nothing too elaborate this time around for the first episode of season three. Um, and I'm just going to spin it. One of the things that we have right here is my signature dish. Yeah. So we'd like to know what your signature dish is. And if it lands on that, we'd like you to cook your signature dish. Mm. So what would you say your signature dish is? What's yours, Neil? Um, oh, God. What is, I, it's, I tell you, it's really difficult because I, I'm, I'll, I'll go with that salmon I did the other day because I think that's just okay. outstanding. Pork belly oh. for me. Yeah. Hands down. <laughs> okay, we'll let you fight out salmon or pork belly. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'll give it a spin and we'll see what it lands on. Okay. Do you know what? That works really right. well with the episode. There we are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely do that. I think that's, that was a fix. That yeah, was a yeah. fix. It's Thank a you. Fix. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm demanding a recount. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah, bread would be brilliant, actually, yeah. because we, we've done a lot of bread in it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was part of the thing that got us going in the first place. Yeah. Well, I think instead so of doing, we, like, special... I, well, I, we I can do different ones, special. can't we? We could do a focaccia, we could do a sourdough. Yeah. I'm letting you into a load of work here, aren't I? <laughs> It's me. I'm going to suddenly How about one of those Portuguese one, the Pana de Agua? Pana de Agua, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, now so it's getting fancy. Got, got You've got all the different layers. You could do lots yeah. of different ones. I know. Just show off in one go. Yeah. yeah, and I might even do an Irish brown bread. An Irish uh, brown bread, yeah. yeah. Maybe with, with beer Soda and Guinness. Bread. A Guinness, yeah, yeah, Guinness yeah, yeah, brown yeah. bread. Yeah. Let's yeah. go back on that. What's an Irish brown bread? It's like a soda bread. It's a brown bread with wheat, um, wheat germ and bran, and it's one that doesn't have any yeast in it. If okay. You, you can add um, soda. Um, what's it called? Baking soda. Baking soda and even a bit of um, baking powder. I make it a lot. It's very, Sounds very good. Cool. 
Really yeah, sounds no, awesome. it, it's the meal in itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, uh, you know, I get carried away when it comes to things like this. Um, <laughs> the trouble is, I eat it as well. <laughs> <laughs> So I keep meaning to do more bread on the barbecue um, and just baking in general as well. One thing that I keep putting off, which I need to do, is I really want to do cookies on the barbecue. And I want to experiment with using different types of woods to smoke through them because I know like a smoked maple tart is really good. But I imagine you could do some great things with like dark chocolate cookies with different types of smoke yeah. running through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a nice I haven't had dinner yet. This is This is... <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I can see that. I can see. Um, the other thing I, I want to try is um, uh, meringues, and actually, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Meringues uh, with to be one smoke. Um, yeah. Not them yet, but um, someone recommended it to us. So um, the, the color, even just the color, would yeah. be I was amazing. I think the color it? must look so different yeah. if you yeah. do that. But the thing about making bread um, and the reason why I kind of got inspired in the first place is your domestic oven only goes to 250. And if it, if it actually hits that kind of level, you know, yeah. that's the maximum. But to make really good bread, a baker does it at a higher temperature than that. So that was what, that was when I became really obsessed with those holes in the bread. And, you know, did I get the lift? Did I get the ear? And um, I did have a moment in lockdown, which I think is, is quite funny, where... Um, my son was, I was saying, Connor, you know, nobody's eating my bread. And he goes, Mommy, I'm eating it right now. And he said, There are two that are cooling on the side. He says, And you're making so, <laughs> I really I went to town on making bread during during lockdown, but I really I got into it way before that. But um it kind of kept me sane. Um, well, you can ask the kids. Yes, arguably. <laughs> I, I fed the neighborhood. Yes. I would literally put out like a local post and say, anybody want some bread? And then I'd wrap it up beautifully in brown paper with um, twine and, and deliver it just as a thing. Oh, right. Dog wants to join in here. He's just making yeah. a bit of... Oh, we've got a special, special uh, guest appearance. This is rusty. He, he recommends the sausages. <laughs> <laughs> you? What's your favourite flavour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always trying to get cool. up again. Fantastic. Well... well well, I was, all, all I was going to say is one thing that we always like to ask people as well is, is there anything that you'd like to talk about or, or, or ask us, in fact? I mean, in the past, we've answered questions or talked about things like how we got into doing barbecuing, um, what flavours we're interested in, etc. But is there anything that either you guys would like to discuss with us now or you think isn't being talked about that should be? Yeah. I, I tell you, I, I'm going to pick up on one thing which we talked about earlier, which is the whole sort of sustainability thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's quite interesting because it doesn't get it talked about that much in the barbecue world, um, both, both in terms of um, products and also where, where charcoal comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that people buy, and I'm sure you chaps use the, the really good, best quality stuff, but a lot of stuff has sort of slightly dubious provenance you know yeah. uh gets shipped around the world full of stuff that preserves it and stops it catching fire on the boat might even come from a rainforest <clears throat> can't couldn't possibly comment it's an unregulated <laughs> yeah. market so i think it's it's really interesting a really interesting area i think so i don't know whether you've you know uh, explored that at all or, or or dabbled in it in any way so well i'll go first dan yeah. um we are going to be talking on this series to a charcoal company uh, to kind of 
us to learn more about how it's you know how charcoal is made and, and provenance and those types of things in reality what what we wanted to do for this series is talk to kind of experts so we're starting off with you guys and talking about an actual barbecue and the making of a barbecue and the Britishness and we're going to be talking to a butcher and as I said a charcoal company we're going to be you know hopefully a barbecue school that we've got lined up and other things where we're kind of honing in on expertise I would really love to do a sustainable episode actually and kind of more of an eco because I suppose ultimately we are burning fossil fuel and yeah how how does barbecue become a more sustainable hobby yeah. long term and I don't know the answer to that but I, I'm interested to know how it's just something that we want to do forever it's it's a lot of it's a lot of passion and business for, for a lot of people that we know I suppose we're going to have to at some point make it more sustainable than, than it is. I, I, I think it's a, it's a really really interesting area which is you know everything from the product the production of the charcoal is really really important because you know, if it's done in the right way, it can sort of it can almost offset everything. Um, yeah. Also, you know, the provenance of the the, the ovens, um, how you cook, how long you cook for, whether you waste a load of stuff, you know, and just keep it going at full blast for yeah. you know hours on end and all that sort of stuff. I think it's a really fascinating area, so I'm really glad that you're getting stuck in on that as well. And I'm, uh, I, I think it would be a very interesting mm. topic to to explore in much more detail. I've got another interesting one to add, on. which is what's your view on women in um, barbecuing? Sort of, is it because, you know, how many women do you think are attracted to barbecue and what could we do to engage more women? That is very interesting. Do you know what? I, I'd happily answer this. So one of the things that Owen and I made a conscious decision about um, when we planned the first series, when we planned the second series, was it's so easy to just go out there and just target and speak to men and that's not what barbecue should be about barbecue is inclusive anyone can do it everyone can do it it's a fantastic form of cooking and i think people are very guilty particularly in the uk of just going what's barbecue well it's dad stood next to a kettle with it burning as hot as possible and just flipping sausages so we've been doing our best to make sure that we can speak to more women in barbecue and experts as well so um someone in particular we spoke to we had a great episode with is a woman um cara from scale and taylor who is a canadian uh barbecue enthusiast and she got into it specifically because she's a big barbecuer and she just felt that there wasn't the representation there or not even that she felt that a lot of women did barbecue but if yeah. you looked online it wasn't that was not mirrored at all so she kind of wanted to st stick her neck out there and say look we i'm a mum who does all of the cooking for the family on the barbecue and i'm sure other women do there and if not why not it should be a more inclusive place and yeah. you, you know you've already talked was, about genevieve as well you know yeah. she was very passionate she was very passionate and yeah we're going to be speaking to sue stoneman on this yeah. this series as well about baking on the barbecue which we're really excited about and pretty much every season we've wanted to make sure that we have kind of diversity in, yeah. in, in our guests so uh yeah we could always do better. We know that because everyone could do better at these things, but it's something that we want to be doing more of as well. 
Yeah, no, um, I'm just sorry. I was looking down because um, uh, Bab House, they're, um, it's a, it, they're like they're a business, but um, they're based in Swindon. And I follow these these girls um, and they do a lot of smoking and Laylee and, and the rest of the crew. I've had a chat with them now a couple of times and they are just amazing. And the passion and actually, because I was really struggling with the brisket at the time and I was, I was like, honestly, girls, this is doing my head in. And they're going, oh, you know, and then they're like, Fe- feather blade, feather blade, Tara, just put it to one side. It's not worth the hassle. Because I've said to you before, for me, it's all about, <laughs> I don't want to do something that's taking me 25 hours and stuff. And then, you know, and then it's, it's a bit, it didn't work, you know. So uh, for me, it's about like the things that I can just do and be like, well, look what I did. And it just tastes amazing. And um, I, I think these girls are real trailblazers um, uh, in this area and the Rangoon sisters. And there's a whole bunch of them, like in the kind of more professional end. Um, I say this because I don't know a great deal about uh, a lot of the women that potentially might be I- I- in this area. But, you know, traditionally, people do see it, as you were saying, about being it's it's the dad in the back garden and mm. stuff like that. And what's one one interesting thing. So. From a general population point of view, barbecue is one of those things that you look forward to because it's the anticipation of summer. It's this idea that we're going out, we're going to have our friends around and stuff like that. But often, what the food you get off it is a bit, yeah, that <laughs> when, was okay. When by a non-expert, yeah. <laughs> the dad with the birds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just think what I love is that this whole way of doing it is wow, Jesus, that yeah. tastes really bloody good, exactly. you know. So, yeah. 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 So, but yes, spreading the word, chaps. Yeah, yeah. I I think actually, you know, a the barbecue community on on social media. Although there's quite a lot of us, you know, even in the UK is worldwide. But I think probably we're still quite niche in comparison to other, you know, to other hobbies, you know, essentially. Um, And again, I think if you if you do look through social media, there are plenty of. Uh, female accounts you know both experts and hobbyists but also that's also a niche kind of within a niche I I think and you know I think that's that's an area that should grow and I think if we're brutally honest looking at our stats Mm. uh, for people that listen to the podcast it is primarily male although from a guest point of view we're absolutely making sure that we've got that you know that that, that diversity but it, it is mainly listened to by males and also, before I forget, we'd be doing her disservice if we didn't mention her. Kirsty loves to cook for people. Fantastic cook. She's really inspirational. We loved having her on the show. And when we went down to um, the Sizzle Fest, we spent yeah. the whole day with her in the end, just because we'd get on like a house on fire. But she's really inspiring the stuff that she puts through yeah. her account. is amazing. It's another person to really look into. Yeah. And also, before I forget... On the sustainable side of things and charcoal, um, I'm guilty of having trying lots of different charcoal. Some of it's probably not great. Some of it I've really enjoyed, but it's almost certainly been shipped over from like Canada or something. So I've been trying to look into more sustainable things. And I'm really interested in a company called Norfolk Charcoal, um, who pride themselves in being like a sustainable charcoal company, UK based. So if anyone is interested in that side of things, they're worth a look at as well. Yeah, well, I don't know then. We'll have a look at that. Because that, um, that's kind of... The they're quite close to us in terms of yeah. location. Yeah. No, that, I think that's lovely. And actually Norfolk, because um, uh, our ovens are made uh, in uh, your way, sort of near Norfolk. So we're in Norfolk mm. anyway. In Norfolk. In Norfolk. 
um, and um, made by a brilliant company. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I think we'll have to check them out. But um, what well, the difference between getting quality charcoal mm. and stuff that's been shipped across the world is you have to wait till you burn off all those kind of um, uh, additives that have been kind of to stop it from going on fire while it's in transit. Yeah. Um, and you know that's that kind of there's a yucky smell sometimes you get from charcoal when it initially burns when you buy the good stuff you don't get any of that no and i mean it so is it's straight, night and day straight away. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah yeah that nice clean smoke the kind of yeah. translucent you, blue you don't even have to wait yeah. till it gets to that white level it's just once it kind of it's hot enough go for it yeah. you know yeah so yeah. But um, yeah, but I do think the Charlie is something that, you know, anyone can have a go at. You don't have to be an aficionado. You don't have to be a fire kind of um, god. You can just no. get, it's so easy to like. It's, it's really easy. Yeah, it's got that sort of domestic familiarity. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell our, can you tell our listeners what, what's your website, your social channels, where they can go and view more about the Charlie and, and follow you on social media? What, what's your account? So our Instagram account is the main one we we post to, which is called at Charlie Charcoal Oven. Can you believe it? There's somebody in the UK called Charlie Oven. Um, <laughs> An actual bloke. An actual bloke. First name. Oh, okay. I mean, that is just, you know. Oven. Uh, I, I'd like him to change his name by default, but you know, um, there, are, there are limits. So and then the website. Yeah. And then the website's charlieoven.com. Uh, really straightforward. No WW or anything. And um, we are trying to add lots of recipes and a couple of blogs and keeping it fresh and keeping it interesting. Um, Neil comes from an advertising background um, and so does one of our other um, partners. And they're, they're, you know, we're trying to make some nice video, a lot of show and tell and, you know, just bring it to life because, it's, you know, it's so much fun. Great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both on, on, on the podcast and yeah, us learning more about Charlie Oven. Say that again, sorry. I said likewise, chaps. It's lovely. <laughs> it cut, it, my sound cut out a little a little bit there, typical right at the end. Um, <laughs> we really hope to meet you again. Um, yeah. We're going to Smoke and Fire Festival, one yeah. of them. We haven't decided which one. We'll definitely be going to Sizzle Fest again. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we didn't go to Meetopia last year, although we're probably going to go this year. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping we get to, to see you guys again. No, definitely. And we, we are definitely going to do... Um, uh, we we actually just the, this is the only thing that has actually been organised today. The Smoke and Fire Festival. There's like a mini one that's going to happen in May at Ascot, and we're going to mm-hmm. go to that. And yeah. then there's another one in July. I don't know if we're going to do the other ones as well because you know, we are still only a small company, and you know, um, trying to figure out how do we how do we spread it all out and uh, and make our uh, make it to as many things as possible. So, um, but that that one is 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 a definite, and um, there's a whole bunch of other things that are all sort of bubbling away. Early January, lots lots to work out, but um, exciting. If you do if you do end up doing your own events and stuff, let us know. We, yeah, we'll do let us know. know. Yeah, we'd love to come down. Yeah. <laughs> no, so um, but yeah, no. Um, thank you very much for yeah. having us. Thanks, you know, Jabs. I really enjoyed meeting you um, uh, in September last year. It was mm. uh, it was really good. <laughs> we're we're a little bit more sober this time. Yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'd be probably more reserved. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, I just like the fact we were the only people happy to stand in the rain because it started yeah, raining yeah. and, and we're walking around. Brave. Yeah. yeah well, I, I'm Welsh. That's that's summer to me. You know. Well, you know, it might. Be, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say anything about the Irish, but yeah, I'm. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, great. Well, thank you very much for, for coming yeah. on. Thank you. And it's a, a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for your time, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. 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 And that's it for another episode of the Meet and Greet Barbecue podcast. It was great to have Tara and Neil on the show and talking about their British-made barbecue. And if you haven't checked them out, go to their website. They really have some statement piece barbecues with their colour range. Um, we'd love to hear from you as always. So please do get in touch with us through our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast, through our website or through our email at Podcast at gmail.com. We want to know what you would like to hear on the show. Uh, any questions that you have for us, have for our guests, previous guests that we can follow up with you know this this show is about you know barbecue and what you're interested in if you're watching us on youtube please like and subscribe uh, also as you heard tara and neil are going to be cooking us bread so remember to follow us on instagram at meet and greet barbecue podcast and follow the hashtag barbecue bingo to find out what they cook um from their barbecue bingo challenge so until next time keep on grilling today's episode of the meet and greet barbecue podcast is brought to you by aos outdoor kitchens they are the south's leading outdoor kitchen design and installation specialists